practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, Is that our thing oh, now? Oh, boy. <laughs> Literally. So enthusiastic. Oh. Yo, hello. That, that is like, that reminds me, that is like perfect, like, God, I'm just thinking like disgruntled um, performer. Like, I don't know why it makes me think of Mr. Saturday Night, but like behind the curtains, like, <laughs> ah, I don't, yeah. you're all fucking fired. I, I can't believe, I can't believe you're even, uh, Jesus, I'm such an idiot. Like, the show's a mess. You're a mess. As soon as this is done, you're all fired. Curtains open. Hey, hey, hey! How's everybody no, doing it's per- tonight? Uh, it's perfect for that behind-the-scenes comedy. Like that's a, we Ashley's mom was in town, so we uh, rewatched the big sit because she hadn't seen it. I just saw it. And I just watched it. What's that? I just watched it. Did for you just the first time? Yeah. You did. Okay, cool. So of course I love all of that behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. comedy. Where, you know, you just like, oh, God, what an asshole. And he turns it on. He's on stage. He's like, hey, let's go, God. Hey. Okay. Or when that, they, there's a great joke where uh, the two of the comedians are waiting in the wings to go on. And they're just talking such savage shit about the guy's set. And, like, he's so oh, hacked. Yes. And he does the same jokes. And he's never going to go anywhere. You know what I'm going to tell him? Tonight, let's tell him. We should tell him. We should tell him. We should tell him. And he walks off. And when they all make eye contact, they go, yeah, man, great set. Good stuff. Love the new stuff. He's like, killed it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I like. I, we always hated. I hated opening shows. Right. Like as like an MC, because you, you you saw what happened right thirty seconds ago. <laughs> well, that's what we should set up. We weren't uh, at each other's throats prior to the button. We were. Oh no! Just not literally at all. going. All right, let me get my notes. My life's boring. Like I got nothing. No, that's you go, I got nothing. Made it f- I'm hitting record. It <laughs> <laughs> makes it feel more like stand-up notes because uh, I've tried. I had like you have you keep a joke book, right? Keep a book for ideas, and Ooh. nothing beats just relooking at ideas from like past you. You're like, what the fuck were you thinking? What does that even mean? I rem- uh Do you remember? Uh, yeah, notes. Yeah, I keep. I think it's important to keep. Some people can do it with their phone. I haven't shifted. I make some notes in my phone, but I'm still classic notepad in my back pocket. Pieces of paper. Oh, I'm the same way. Like I, I love bits of paper. Yes. For whatever reason, in my head, I've attached like value or specific, like oh, that can't go in this type of notebook because that you can't put funny stuff in there that has oh, yes, yeah. lines and it's and it's a notebook that's more for information it's like stupid it's like a neurotic idiosyncrasy so i just have bits of like detritus paper that i'm like oh yeah ideas go on the crappy paper oh yeah every and uh, like they always end up mixed in with like the bills i don't pay and everything and then every three months or something i go through and i go all right well that's overdue that's due they're turning off my power and i go ooh, restaurants got a Put that file <laughs> that away. Gold, baby, gold. Dingy's talking dingbats or whatever we we we. That's just what I was gonna say. So it's like welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. Oh. Um, this week's episode is uh, we're digging into the joke bag. It's not even the uh, hot rod god folder. It's just the oh yeah, Jesus Christ, where'd that device go? 
I think that's packed away in the basement somewhere. <laughs> Fell off the truck. Kept... Right. Oh my god. We that could have. Jeez Louise. This is hot off the heels of a soda <laughs> jerks, by the way, which you haven't. Even oh, did you heard get yet. one in? Oh yeah. That baby's coming tonight. The, to the listener, you're getting. You had a rough week last week because it was a little light by meaning nothing. But you're getting a hot two this week. And you, you, oh. I don't think they need to be in order necessarily. So hot off the heels of a soda jerks, we have a right in the bag of the, 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 the joke bag. I will say I did get some from a, from a friend, a listener. Yes. Our, my good friend, Ashley's good friend, Ben. Yeah, sure. He's a listener and, uh, we saw them uh, a few weeks ago. They were in Columbus. And we were just hanging out talking, and somehow we got on the subject of podcasts. And he's like, because I was telling him about our trip back to Watertown, and like he knew about stuff you were doing because of the podcast. And he was like, it was kind of rough there for a while. It was kind of barren out there without you guys. Like he was, was very nicely like, I was missing the podcast. And I was like, oh, well, that's someone nice. cares. Oh, that's really actually really cool to hear. I mean, that's how I feel about the podcast I love. Like when I we don't... just have to get him on. Now we make him part of the podcast, and then we'll lose an audience member, just like Vern. Well, other than the Ben who's listening, for all you other people that are listening, Ben would be amazing to have on. Performer, writer, uh, finisher of projects, interesting guy. He's got, I believe, he's got kombucha brewing in his basement. He's a <laughs> Renaissance man. Um, and he's still in, well, I don't want to talk to you. I was going to yeah. say he's still at this address. No, but he's still in New York, right? <laughs> we'll give you a street address. Right. But I don't know why the, in the conversation you just said he, he's not in Ohio or anything now, right? He's still in New York. He is. Yeah. 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 Okay. He, he married, he's the, he's the first time I'm probably not the first time I met him, but the first time I met him sober. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he officiated your wedding. As Elvis told yep, as Elvis. <laughs> perfect, perfect, because, uh, and, and this, uh, you know, I exaggerate things. So in my mind, he goes, you know, the thing about Ashley is, or maybe, I take it back, maybe Ashley's, um, who is Ashley's maid of honor or her, uh, who stood with her? Oh, it was uh, Ben's wife, Megan, and her oh, friend, Leah. yes, it was Megan, yeah. And so I'm not sure if Megan told the story about Ash, but it could have just been Ben, who's essentially somebody's like, you know, I met Ash, and it was kind of like an uplifting story, and this, and mm-hmm. he goes, and I remember when I was with Casey, he became irate with the cab driver and ripped the mirror off of his oh, car. Jesus, of <laughs> I was like, what? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah, that was not one of my finer moments, but it does. Transition me into, uh, into, so I've been driving hack, and so when you and I last that's talked, right, you've been hacking it. I was, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to give Lyft a try, and now, <laughs> just the way I work, just I'm, now that's just I'm a cab driver now. I'm up and I'm <laughs> up and out in the morning, and I ride home at night. For I feel like I feel like it's 1986. And I'm riding around New York, like, where it's like, yeah, I just put in my 12-hour shift. Like, I put in a shift yesterday. I don't know why. Like, it's just, it's it's for the same purpose as anybody does, does anything. Have does we anything. ever on the podcast talked, because I know we've talked about it and joked about it, 
for people who who have not taken a lot of cabs in New York City. Yeah. But if you are in New York City today, tomorrow, next week, and you get a white guy cab driver, that guy is the craziest man you'll probably <laughs> yeah. ever meet. Right. Right. Because it's it's the same Be- reason it it's just not there. It was at one time dominated by the crusty uh single F fats, the crusty outer borough fats that were like the fat cigar chomping gold chain uh right, cabbies like the, of the night. Like from uh, like yeah. classic from fiction and film and TV. Like that salty old like I'm Billy from the corner. You wanna know the thing about like he knows everything about everything about New York. Like yes. all those guys Made enough money to get the fuck out of New York. Right. And then. And now race- all that are left are weird, semi racist kind of. Not all of them, but the ones I've had traditionally have very specific views. Right. Of course. On the way the city has, has gone and where it has gone. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes you get really. Like, it's funny. I don't know why it popped into my head this week, but I had. I think maybe you were with me. It was a a Russian cab driver, and he had uh like uh, leaflets mm-hmm. that he would pass out, and it was specifically like it, it's like like most leaflets you would get from a cabbie. It's like three and a half pages long, gotcha, with really bad illustrations. But it was basically his conspiracy theory or theory. I guess maybe he wasn't Russian because the theory was. That the Soviet Union falling was all a ploy mm-hmm. by the KGB and the actual evil empire so that the U.S. would open its borders to Russians. And now the U.S. is just full of, like, you know, five million sleeper agents. Hey, well, he was ahead of his time hacking the elections. Sleeper agents. <laughs> the elections. God. Um, oh, I, I had a theory. No, yeah, a... I had a theory for why the um, now non-traditional white, quote unquote, white cab driver uh, is crazy because like a, a majority of the other cab drivers like they, that's a shitty job. And by the way, we always talk about like, I mm-hmm. wish everybody because uh, you and I worked in the restaurant business. Um uh, everybody should work in that business for a while and everybody will be a little nicer to mm-hmm. one another because it's a shitty job. Yeah. And if you haven't had it, mm-hmm. you very well might not realize how shitty that job can be. And and you know those people because they're the ones who are assholes to their servers and, and the people in the front of the house. And now that I'm hacking around, I got to tell you, as a guy who took cabs in New York for the last 12 years, I have a lot different empathy for somebody who's driving oh, yeah. around cabs, because it's a, it's a weird, weird gig, uh, uh, having somebody like you meet somebody. It's different. Obviously, it's a lot different with the Lyft because they know your name coming in. They select you. They see your rating. Uh, and I gotta tell you, part of it is like you don't have that bulletproof glass right behind your head, so you see the guy coming, mm-hmm. guy whoever person coming, and they'll just sit right behind you. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like right. you just have a stranger in your locked car, in arm's length away, who you have nothing, know nothing about. 
by the way, because nope. because nope. also as far as like when you're picking a a lift, I guess you can select who's closer. You can select based on their rating, but you have like such a minuscule amount of time as a Lyft driver to accept, I'm sure it's the same with Uber to accept your ride and you get penalized yeah. for the more and more people you don't accept almost like you're profiling or something. So you get this mm-hmm. certain amount of time to select somebody. And so basically you don't know who you're going to end up with. Like you don't have quite the, the, the realization, like it's kind of sucks. Like today I, I, I was out driving this morning and it pings. All right, cool. It pinged right away. It's good. Cause what I do is I go out and I'll like work on a podcast. I'll just park my car, start working mm-hmm. on a podcast, but I have my app and my phone up. And when it pings, close my laptop and go drive. So I did, I picked this person up cause I hadn't had a ride and it was a 30 minute drive to pick them up and a yeah. 36 minute drive from where they were. So all of a sudden I ended up an hour outside of Charleston in a place called Jeez. Somerville. And I'm like, well, what? all right. What so now I'm out here. here. And then sure enough, my, I start pinging around there and it's, um, gummo esque, let's Ooh, say. So fun. it is, I, I, I don't want to, I'm not spicy because everybody, I have not had one. I have had some precarious situations already. Um, and it isn't spicy, but you could, you could twist it that way. And I'm going roundabout. I, I, I pinned why white cab drivers are crazy. Um, remember that we talked about that documentary we saw where the, the girl like ended up in the wrong neighborhood and got in with the wrong guys and was like, basically said she was from this side of Milwaukee. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then there's this side of Milwaukee and there's nothing wrong with either sides, but they're certainly socially segregated this side's predominantly black and poorer. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. This side's yeah. white and not so poor. That's that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. It's it's redlining in New York. It's it's the shitty way this country works. Um, I took a ride, and this was at night, and I don't drive at night anymore <laughs> for a couple reasons. They just, only come out at night. Uh, yeah, you don't want to deal with the hassle of drunks. Even though there's a little more money, I found that like there's not that much more incentive to drive at night. I'd rather old man it and get it done in the morning, get people to work, get people to the airport. What I'm getting at is I ended up in the wire. And I mean Ooh. that in the best. In, in And I, I mean like I almost drove onto the set. If And I didn't mean... That I was frightened by any means. I just turned the corner and I think verbally to myself, I just went, whoo, because as I turned the corner, a guy was walking down the middle of the street and he had two pit bulls, two of those pit bull gloves on, two sticks, just walking down the middle of the street directly at the car. And he just mean mugged me the whole way. Turn the next corner. It is legitimately, legitimately... And again, this is not a bad thing. It's just the image that I know of guys shooting dice with legitimate 40s in their yard. Stop. <laughs> Record screech. Watch me drive by. I'm going, what? you know what? I feel like the looks they're giving me means I'm not welcome because I stuck out like a sore thumb. And then mm-hmm. I end up picking the guy up. It was clearly, well, it wasn't clearly, I could intimate that he was like, 
I take Lyft because that way, if you get pulled over, they don't search me for all the weed I have on me because he smelt like a chimney. And I drop him off in the neighborhood. Couldn't couldn't have been a nicer guy, but I was just like, this could get hairy. So I just stopped driving there. Yeah. Oh, and that little I can see where that could take a Coen Brothers-esque turn for the the dark side where you are all of a sudden caught between just as the, I'm just the the Lyft driver from South Dakota. Yes. And I should, I should set it. I can turn it the exact way and go the area in Somerville. This wasn't in Somerville, but I went past where I live into a place called, I want to say it's Awanda. Uh, I went to another area, which was a extremely poor uh, white area. Gummo. I said Mm -hmm. gummo. And I pulled up to a house and I went, and it was an interesting crew looking at me there, too. So it was just like, all right, it, it's interesting. In the same way we were talking about Milwaukee, how there's, like, divisions. God, I'm getting all over the map. There's divisions where you can be in this super affluent block in mm-hmm. on King Street in Charleston, and you go one block and you go, oh, my God, they're really, like, di- like just slice this city up. And they're like, we're going to fix this block. And here's yeah. the people that are going to afford it and this and that. Where I'm long getting at is, it's making me sound like a shitty guy. The reason I'm going to the white guy cab driver craziness <laughs> is people driving cabs in New York, a majority of the people are like, I got this shitty job in New York, but you know what? I struggled. I came here. Now I'm hustling, probably driving. I drove like 12 hours yesterday. I took an eight hour nap today. Like it was like so tiring just being mm-hmm. in the car and like doing that. Like it takes a lot out of you and you know, people in New York like drive nonstop, but they're driving to save so they can do this next venture. Right. Yeah. It takes them closer to their goal. Whereas I feel like the lifers, the people you're referring to. So the guys, they have a goal. They're on a mission. They're on their phone. They're thinking about mm-hmm. what they're going to do next. Old, racist white guy with his pamphlets he's gonna be the first to turn and go like now i have a new friend for the remainder of this ride let's get to know each other because this is my life and that's what makes your toes curl is because (laughs) i don't mind chatting with people but i'm never like i don't you don't want to know me like that's the thing like that's why i like the no nonsense cabbie that's like hey how you doing okay cool where are you going great like i'm like that guy's just working he's making money to feed his family or pay his rent and he's just like if he can do this as painless as possible like better for him man if he's on the phone like that's the thing i was like i don't mind when guys are on the phone Mm -hmm. you can listen to whatever music you want but like you said it's the arm through the slot and like hey having fun tonight huh I, uh, Where are you headed? Yeah. Getting off work? And I was like, I don't want to talk to you. Of course. You would think uh, I've had to, um, I just play music now because the perfect thing for me is I just get to listen to my podcasts. But I've had mm-hmm. a few like, oh, the vapors. So I've had to shut off a couple podcasts and switch to music. Not because they asked, but just because I was like. You can tell. The Constitution is a little different when I'm listening to Harmontown. And I have like an older Southern bell in the car. I go, all right. But I did have one person, again, didn't ask me to shut it off, but I was listening to Pod Save America. And Mm -hmm. instead of being like, can you shut that off? Um, 
I don't like what they're saying. It was just a, a, a he personally decided to compete with the podcast. So they're like, you know, um, I forget what issue they were talking about, but let's just say they were talking about DACA and on Pod Save America and how they can't get the bill passed because even though everybody supports the bill, uh, Paul Ryan's not going to bring the bill to the floor because he knows it'll pass and he doesn't want to give Democrats a victory before 2018. And he just like right. the dry, writer just pipes up and he just goes, you know, I just can't believe how liberal this city's getting. You know what I mean? God. Even though I'm listening to him I go, oh, yeah, he goes, yeah, I mean, like you and me understand that, that these northerners it was against Trump's America. He knows what he's talking about. It's like all this garbage they're spewing, all this fake, legitimate fake news. I mean, just read through the lines <laughs> yes. and I just er, click, shut it off, and and put on um, whatever my horror. I play my wedding mix, so I can't tell you how many times I've because I don't make playlists. I'm not sure. No, I, I don't entertain myself. I just listen to podcasts. So I I've love heard that white it got inverted on you times. instead of uh, the. Uh, racist white old cab driver driving you now you're reverse. driving him reverse yeah exactly exactly oh god i had uh oh uh, just a rehash from show to showdy jerks from our last episode i had an experience with um with an officer recently who is really interesting um but it quickly devolved into um you know all black people are guilty right <laughs> like I can't. I'm hey, right, buddy. <laughs> what? Oh, God. And and of course, Verno and I were talking about like we just give out the cons. We give out the appearance that you can say whatever heinous shit to us because you're male dominant, and we're just like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I'm gonna say some weird racist, sexist shit to you. What are you gonna stand up to me? And you can't win with somebody like like what 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 are you gonna solve like unless obviously so, the difference is if you see somebody mistreating somebody else mm-hmm. you should stand up and say hey you're being a freak mm-hmm. but if somebody's yeah. just like telling you their racist bullshitted views so uh huh okay uh huh note to self I never want to be around you again or certainly well, alone <laughs> with you again I love it it's like it's uh, at the evolutionary trait that you and verno have you just have that you guys are perfect lack you guys are the perfect am i right buddy (laughs) they're like the friend to the guy they're like i need one of those yeah we were we were born we're we're humanity's salacious crumbs let's just put it that way (laughs) (laughs) oh just always looking for a job yep 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 always attach ourselves um oh my god you uh i don't do you? So I was thinking about the notes that we were talking about before I went on that weird tirade that probably looks me look makes me look like a judgmental, judgy. But no, uh, but you are in the. It's like being a bartender. Like you, even more so. Like like Ashley has all of these insane, crazy, heinous stories about hotels. And it's one of those things. It's like yeah, it's similar to a bar, except. These people are in your space. Yes, it's the and they're in in your space for days or weeks. Right. So that's a totally different power structure. Yeah. And whereas I, it's I would say the same with being a cab driver. It's like yeah, you're talking, you're around weird people, but these people are in your space, 
in a bar, it's like, eh, it's not mine. And call the cops. Like, there's all these other sort of things involved. But, like, these instances, like, that person is there with you. It's also, yeah, it's also, like, um, there's something, there's, you, you, you know, living in New York for so long, like, you know, like, it's just, you know the sketchy areas. And let me tell you, New York has never felt sketchy the way I felt sketchy down here in the little time I've lived here. But that's probably because I haven't, like been indoctrinating the whole area you know what i mean it's different if you're like all of a sudden you turn into a neighborhood that you had no idea have never been at and it's midnight and so all of a sudden mm-hmm. not only are you potentially in like a, 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 a pretty sketchy area you're in a brand new area that you've never been in yourself so you don't have you don't know you don't have an out you don't know uh you don't know where you are in relation to the rest of the city is like putting yourself in a weird situation. So that's why I like, I like driving during the day now. Cause I'll still, now I'll end up in the same, literally I've ended up in the same neighborhood. We all know it's a different vibe wherever you go at 10 o'clock in the afternoon versus yeah. 1 AM. Well, and I, I completely agree with you. Like that was the thing like New York is New York and will always be like, it's fucking New York and it's a hard place to live. Yeah. But it has, like, its frontier, those rugged areas have kind of been pushed to the edges. And, like, while we were there, it, you know, like, those rough spots, you really have no real reason to be there. Right. You're not passing through them. Whereas, like, seven, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s New York, there was like, oh, yeah, you don't go through that six blocks. Yes, absolutely. and I feel like you you get that more and more. Like that's definitely in Columbus. Like larger cities, medium sized cities, still have that sort of like patchwork, sort of like frontier, like neighborhood to neighborhood. Like I remember when we first moved here, I was at a bar around the corner from where we live, and I was waiting for Ashley to get off work, and she was going to meet me, and I'd just gone there a little bit early to do some writing and rewriting and stuff. So just sitting at the bar and was drinking and it was kind of starting to get happy hour time and the regulars were coming in and couldn't help but overhear because we just moved. So I heard this guy and he was like, "Ugh, you won't believe it. Got mugged again. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit. So I kind of perked up and he was describing pretty close to where we live. So that's why I was listening. So I was like, where the fuck did you get mugged? And he was like, it was really close. And the woman that he was talking to was like, oh, that's terrible. He's like, that's ah, fine. You know, he just took everything I had. At least this time he didn't break my jaw. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And it turns out this guy's been mugged like five, six times. And each time has been more horrific than the previous time. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, that, I lived yeah. in by the Marcy Yes. Projects in Brooklyn. And that is sketchy. And you got to be on your toes. toes. Like there's some skeezy shit. Like our friend Mitch was mugged. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls that we lived with was jogging one morning and some little kid pulled a gun on her. Like so crazy shit happens. Sure. But not to the point of like just 
drinking out of the old watering hole and you're like, oh my God, where, where are we? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's interesting. Like, of course that shit can happen in New York and you get this false sense of bravado. At least here's what I'm Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And it took me down to size real quick when I was like, <laughs> roll them up, lock them up because yeah. I'm like, I'm living, live in New York. I, you know, I, I, my go-to is like, I was, I was over at Casey's house, uh, in bed style all the time like i can there's something that it, it's the unknown like we said but there's also mm-hmm. like i feel like in new york it's what you're talking about like yeah there's rough areas but we all there's also like a bond because new york is so tight together it is everybody's yeah. space right so everybody like everybody just kind of has the same experiences where i feel like this even though like the like the proximity is so much more spread out like, I feel like there's legitimate people who are like, no, this is just my area. I only know people in this mm-hmm. area and the rest of this city doesn't exist to me, whether it's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. forward thinking or backward thinking or, or whatever it is. I just, there's, there's a, there's a, a deeper separation. Maybe. And that, you know, and that stuff still happens, but like, when were we ever going to be in Brownsville or East Brooklyn? Right, right. Which there's no reason we would be in any of those areas. Like, well, that's the thing. Bad shit still happens. It's just not quite as wild as it. But now you can think. now you can go to Brownsville where Mike Tyson fended off his attackers, <laughs> yeah. and you can get a you can get a a primo nitro brew on tap. Oh right, yeah, you get Huskers. your artisanal kombucha. Yeah. No, that that shit hasn't happened yet. There there hasn't been it. You're not gonna that is one thing I like about New York is you can you can walk through Bushwick and walk by some pretty sketchy things, but you're only going walking by there because you wanna get some artisanal pencils sharpened. God, did you it wasn't too long after we moved, you and Meg were still there. You may have seen the article because Ash and I ended up randomly finding it. Because um, they're some some dickheads opened a opened a restaurant in Crown Heights, but they intentionally sort of like I I don't know how you ghettoized it. Whoa! Like they put fake bullet holes on the wall. They would serve wine in brown bags in You're like old f- old beer bottles and forty bottles. They make their own rosé and bottle it in, like, repurposed, like, 40s. Oh, my God. So it was, like, the sketch we wrote. Let me guess, these guys were not black? Oh, yeah, no, not at all. Oh, my God. And they opened it in the stretch, like, Crown Heights is so cool, but it's losing all of that old, like, anywhere. Like, all of the Caribbean local... Sort of African American shops and stuff are closing to give way to these like new and a lot of stuff that opens was really cool, inclusive in in with the neighborhood were neighborhood spots like Ashley and I were all would always judge a new place by going like oh this definitely is catering towards neighborhood people right and not just the art school kids that live across the street mm-hmm. but this one was just straight up like fat whites in the midst of just a stretch that was still local sort of small businesses. And if they would do like, you know, and they served fried chicken and like, just, Holy it was shit. 
It was like oh disgustingly insensitive. What? Uh, yeah. Th- um, you say was? Is it still around? I don't know if it's still. It was probably about a year ago. The fall was the like, article. Maybe the spring. Was the article was, you read a backlash article? Oh, it was definitely like, look at this fucking place. Jesus. And of course, they had the scummy, like, we were trying to embrace the community. Like, that was part of their, like, bullshit. Like, it sounds like something not... Michael Scott would do. I know, I know. <laughs> right? It's like, sorry, not sorry. Like, yeah. Jeez, oh, that's intense. I don't feel so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so judgmental. Uh, oh, did I? Uh, so Verno was just down here, uh, if you listen to the last episode, and we were like, uh, Verno ended up staying with us where we were at before we went out to the, he was here to help with the Oyster Festival over the weekend. Oh, right. And, yeah, um, yeah. We're like, all right, well, Verno's going to stay with us. And we wanted to, cause he normally just comes down and has to work, work, not have to, but he comes down to work. So he's on the yeah. winery and he's like, you know, humping boxes and shit and like pruning and mowing and all that stuff. Uh, or he's working with Jesse on like uh, their progress with the brewery and stuff. So we just took him around Charleston and like to local, like a local beer spot that had like you buy a card and you sc- mm-hmm. the, there's a tap at your table and you buy a card and you scan your card and then you pour your own beer. Oh, Pretty- I got you. I've right. seen bars like that where you you te- where you pour your own beers, but it's all like that high tech. Yeah. Pretty gimmicky, based, yeah. Stickiest table I've ever like. It ooh, was. I, I believe it. Because oh, every, right, it. everybody's serving themselves, so just get drunk, beer splashed all over. So, anyways, we just it was kind of like a. It was, you wouldn't call it a beer tour because that would be that would be grandiose. But just went to a few places so he could check out, do some stuff he wanted to do. And one place we went to, and we did talk about this, was this with this, this place called um, Edmund Ost, but it's what's called a bottle shop. Like, you know how intense, like, homebrew and microbrew and small brewers again. Like, it's it's an intense yeah, yeah, yeah. industry now. Like, very competitive, very trend-setting. Um, sure. And sure enough, uh, I, you were talking about 40s in, in the derogatory way, but it just takes me back to our classic bodega beers. We go in, and I shit you not, Johnny bought a bottle of beer that was $37.00. He bought most of the cans of beer were like $12 and they were like maple bourbon aged oak collaboration from these breweries, like really intense. And, and it's, it's, it's fun to see Averno and Johnny in his element because he know, I mean, he can walk the walk and talk the talk. Like he knew everything about it. Uh, and like, uh, all I could do was, I was looking around like all these candy colored beers and I was just perplexed because one beer in the cooler kept cold was Miller High Life, 40-ounce bottle, $2.49. And I was fixated. Hell yeah. I was just like, you could all you could clean up. Like, you just walk by yeah. all this, like, expensive, this hard work, this craftsmanship, case of those high lives. And you act. know it's in there ironically, right? It has to be ironically. It's the only one thing. Super cheap. And I was just like, oh, my God, if I was still drinking, like that would have only that would have been my one purchase in here. Um, oh, no, totally. But I think like that of in and of itself, like you find when you're like you're in and around that, like to you go, you taste all these beers and you make all this like 
super intense, very like flavorful, complex, challenging beer. Mm-hmm. You don't want to drink that when you go home. Well, that's you know, like so I feel like that that would make sense to me. Like you just like it's your palate cleanser. It tastes good. It's not gonna kill you, but you can in- just like enjoy slugging it where it's not like a thick. Because we serve a lot of really intense like IPAs yeah. and like all these beers at the movie theater, and those are not my speed at all. Like I can appreciate them, but I cannot. It's just too thick. Mm. I spent too, too much of my life drinking Jamesons and High Lifes. Yeah, it was just yeah. That's exactly that. Dad that's... beer. I got dad beer tastes now. Oh my god, I'm so excited because Johnny is legitimately he's on it. He's ready to roll. Old Water Tony, classic label. Yeah. We got to get handing on the label. Like he's he's gonna do it. It's gonna be awesome. I don't know what it'll be called, but it'll be it'll be a definite shade of dad beer. Uh oh my god, yeah, the beer that like. I feel bad if I already talked about this. I it, I can't even remember, but like the new trend is pastry beers, uh, which is uh, but apparently it's cool. Like Johnny was telling, he's yeah, he's not slugging them back. Like Johnny has a little tasting bulb that he pours mm-hmm. the beer into, and he rates it, and he's got an app, and he's like communicates. But like so, pastry beer is like what you would think of, like any flavoring. Like so, you can get a cinnamon mm-hmm. roll. IPA or he gotcha. bought like a s'mores Belgian table beer. I'm not doing it just if any brewers yeah. listen out there, mainly Johnny is crushing his can right now of pastry yeah. of blueberry, forehead. blueberry short stack beer. But he's like, <laughs> he, he's not joking when like, like there's essences, but I think I want to say, mm-hmm. and he'll correct me if I'm wrong. He's just like, yeah, people just throw shit in the mash. Like, what do you mean? Like graham crackers and chocolate? Yeah, just throw it in there like that. So interesting that it's yeah, right? like, as much as it's progressed, it's still... Throw it in. What it always has been like, ah, Hansi, what do you got in the old pantry? Uh, bushel of hay and... Uh, <laughs> hay brews. Some kumquats. Yeah, throw it in. <laughs> oh, that's a collaboration. Oh, man. Ooh, strawberry short stack. I love that. I don't... Who orders a short stack anymore? Hey, uh, get a short stack and a cup of cup of black coffee. Yeah, that diner beers. Diner, diner beers. Be- <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's the next phase is uh just diner fare. So you got to have your classic Reuben. Yeah, your your Reuben Bruben. Ger- German potato salad. Uh Oh yeah, well, if you go classic weird New York, you have to have like your penny ale vodka stout. <laughs> There was, but I guarantee you, if you made it, someone out there would be like, "I think this is my favorite beer of all time." Right? Of course, of course, because uh, we got a candy shop down the street, uh-huh. and it's like legit, like it has like all types, so it has all the crazy sodas, and you know, it's like, you know, you know, like hot sauce farts, like it's <laughs> like it's just the gag booze soda, like yeah, it's gross. I'll buy it for my friend. They um. Oh my God, I guess we're talking about drinking and diner food. It's a perfect combination because there was a stretch. We lived, when we lived in LIC, um, great diner by LIC. Oh, I think yeah. even times have changed. It's called the Court Square Diner. I love it. 
The guys are, I think, I don't know if they were there when we lived there, but the guys since I had moved back were the same dudes, super nice. But there was a stretch, like they knew our house, like we were the drunken comics, mm-hmm. and they knew me because I was even the night weirdo of the night weirdos. So I would order penne alla vodka with shrimp and a side of German potato salad. And two Budweisers in the bottle. We oh, can't deliver yeah, that's that. Right. We you can know order me. You can deliver beers that. With it. Yes, we can order yeah, beers. Yeah, no, we'd from order them. like Viking feasts at three thirty because you'd get like four thirty in the morning. I'd be like, "Can I get a ham steak? <laughs> yes, ham with steaks. A baked potato. <laughs> Those ham steaks were so good, but it was four thirty, five thirty in the morning. I remember one no time one I was to eat a ham steak <laughs> at any time of the day, unless right. it's a twelve thirty right in the right. afternoon. Hey, of course, it had to be ham steak. We are ham steaks. I specifically remember ham steaks because when we first found out the diner delivered and they were 24 hours, so we're like, of course they deliver. Our roommate at the time, Johnny, was like, what are you guys doing? And you and I, hobo feast, <laughs> eating off of our laps. And he's like, what the fuck are you guys eating? We're like, ham steaks. And he's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, he's not innocent in I'm this. I'm crazy, but this is insane. He used to, this is like, this is old school New York. I don't think people do it anymore. Maybe they have an app for it now, but this was a time when we'd be like, all right, we want two ham steaks, throw in six Budweiser's. And like, I'm in May, like think, think about our time from our story a couple episodes ago when we couldn't collectively buy one beer to when I guess we we were were rolling pretty where we were like, we don't want to walk to the uh, gas station. We'll pay $4 a Budweiser to have them delivered. It's the moniker we gave ourselves at the time, me, you, and Johnny, the undercover kings. We oh, yes. were living like disgusting. So I think we had all finally probably made the most amount of money that we made at that time. So it's just like, we're flush, baby. Mm-hmm. It's like just, the beginning of Goodfellas. I was just, just thinking the same All three thing. De Niro's just tipping everybody. Oh, my God. Because that was, I remember very specifically, and it was like, the, they were like, why? It, the delivery guys are like, why did we, once we opened the door, now we can't shut it because it was like, or two ham steaks, get our Budweiser's, two packs of Marlboro Reds. We don't sell cigarettes don't. here. Tell you what, why don't you pick some up on the way? Make, we'll sweeten it for you. They're like, what? Just do it. And they did it. And sure enough, like you get a big tip, but that's shitty, by the way. That makes me gross to think about. Like somebody who's like, no, we don't do it and be like, You'll do it for money, right, monkey? It's like, no, oh. and you totally, we turned into fucking, yeah, like Bobby D's. We're like, eh, we'll make it worth your while, though, bud. Oh, that sucks. I hate that phrase. I, Obviously, yeah. being a bartender, people say it all the time. In retrospect, like, it wasn't long after that that I realized how scummy that was. But, oh, man, uh, how do we get on that? Like, ordering hands. Just Oh, just how insane. How insane. Yeah. That, that, like, cause you think about it now, like I was just telling you yesterday, like where my life was then just totally, we had jobs, but it just did seem like there was a lot of just throw her up in the air and kind of hit what's up. And that's your day. Whereas yesterday I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm getting up, I'm driving hack for 12 hours, probably gonna be pretty tired. Woke up this morning. uh, I'm only riding hack for three hours. Now I'm going to take a seven hour nap. (laughs) Now we're (laughs) podcast. I was like, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to eat um, boxed pasta uh, because and with butter because who's got sauce money these days? Yeah. Oh, well, no. Not this hack. 
was I was saying like because like only the night hacks got sauce money. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm hacking for sauce. (laughs) I am. I am like it. It is. It is obviously like I still have some other gigs, but it is a side gig. But they wrote me in because now I have twelve days to give thirty two more rides for my three hundred and fifty dollar bonus. So it's like there's no Ooh, way in how many, hell. How many rides? Thirty six. I have thirty two rides to give in twelve days to get my three hundred and fifty dollar bonus, and I'm already Ooh. like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Like I spent that bonus already. I gotta get that bonus. <laughs> yeah, there's no way around it. I'm gonna be camping in that car if I don't <laughs> get those rides. Break into the lift office to like <laughs> get the leads, get the app leads. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, um. Jesus, what else is going on? That's so boring. Work shit. Work dad stuff. Dad stuff. Heck Speaking dad of dad, dad stuff. Sauce. Our America's dad, Donald Trump, is uh got a wife beater in the office. He's beyond Shoby. He's throwing Shoby tins Shobie. at his wife. Don't put me on that tin. <laughs> yeah. Throw it at her eyeball. I just how the the level of like I don't it 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 blows my mind and it shouldn't but just there there is almost a sense that this has nothing to do with the of like the abuse that's fucked up but it's almost admirable the uh the face that these scumbags can put on there's like. Uh, there's evidence that this guy beat all three of his wives. There's evidence that you were all briefed on this fact six times in the year he's been in the Oval Office. What do you have to say about it? Yeah, and I, uh, didn't happen. There's evidence that you were briefed that this happened. Here's the pictures. What do you have to say about the abused women? Yeah, he said he was innocent. Didn't happen. It's like. You are fucking yeah, no. bun. Uh, and the, the sad thing is, I think we talked about it. It's that Roy Moore scenario versus the Alan Frank, Al Frank, Alan Franks. <laughs> That's who they're going to elect next. It's going to wait a minute. Are you Al Frank? Uh, Al Frank? No, oh, no, no. I'm Alan Franks. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm pro. I'm anti boob honk. Um, <laughs> I I just picture I don't know why this is how uncreative I am like I couldn't even come up like I was like it's just Al Franken with his with his glasses on the back of his head and his hair combed over his face and his suit on backwards just walking backwards no I'm Alan Franks get out of here I I shaved into the back oh, of his yes. head oh my god and then a mouth so it looks like a beard oh. Uh, uh, oh, that just were, that, uh, is if you vehemently deny, even though you're so obviously guilty, eventually it just goes away because people get tired. Whereas if you're like, you know what? I made a mistake. They're like, you goddamn right you did. And we caught mm-hmm. you. So we need to feel vindicated by, um, making you pay. Whereas if the other people like Trump and Roy Moore and mm-hmm. whoever the sec, John Kelly, Kelly Johns, um, <laughs> Tom Kelly, manager for not just the 1990 Minnesota Twins, but Trump's office. Um, if they they don't give you that window to say, no. we told you so. They're just like, 
No, <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I didn't do it. Because I have, I have no empathy or compassion for that situation. Ugh, it's, it's it, again, well, I, the, I don't know if I like, use the word admirable, but it's just, because that's not what I mean, but it's like. He, it, it sucks because you totally, because he can just say, I didn't do it. Right. Despite the proof. But if he is not breaking the law, if charges aren't pressed right. against him, you literally you can't, can't do, do anything. anything. Yeah. If you you can't shame someone with no shame. That's it. That's 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 much better put. Yeah. Like you can't because he clearly doesn't give a shit if you know that he beats his wife. He's like, I who cares? Right. Didn't that was something I heard. So it's like, how do you move that immovable object? You're just like, but we're trying to insult you. And you're like, I cannot be insulted. That's a, that's a, just what we were talking about. It takes it right back to being around somebody who feels good, it feels okay saying racist shit around you. Is if you do say something, you're not going to change their mind. You know what's ninety nine percent going to happen? They're going to come back at you with racist shit you can't imagine. They're going to one up yeah. you. They're going to go. And it's oh. only going to make you feel worse because you're going to get angrier. Right, right. You're gonna get angrier. You can't change their mind. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. And they're like, "No, I'm not." Oh my god, not wrong. To to, to take it off. Uh, there was our raspberry henning. Um, I remember we started this talking about notes and taking notes, and it was like, oh, you know what? Let me pull out my notepad and it's horrendous my notes are terrible but when i first did stand up and i think i ended up we ended up just using it as a transition in our in one of our sketch shows it's because literally i took notes but then i just wrote out the entire joke word for word including pause here and there so i literally just pulled my thing out and i remember the whole bit was oh god it makes me sick to think about was uh if life, they say, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But I say, fuck that. Throw lemons at somebody or something so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! I'm Hit cringing. Him in the face. Oh, speaking of toes curl, but then I kept going. I was like, just read like just verbatim straight from. I got. Oh god! If only there you go. There's your bits of paper. Now I probably don't have that bit of paper anymore, and I would love, love, love to have it. I forgot. Yeah, I have to look at my old phone if it still has juice. I know. I'm, I'm sure I mentioned this before. I was like, I think I still have a stand-up set recorded, but on the stand-up note, I think it's time for me to hang up my spurs because you'll appreciate this. I've mentioned many times. There's a yes. The, uh, Buckeye Stand Up Club, yes, that does their their shows at the the bar that I work at. So this was a few weeks ago, and I was just like, like I've been there all day, and I was like, I don't want to sit through this. I want to go. They're like, No, you got to stay through comedy. So it was already <laughs> a little on edge, right? So I was like, There's two bartenders here. There's no reason. There's no reason, right? So like. Everyone files in, and I quickly realize, like, oh, all ten people here are the ten performing comics. So then I'm like, <sighs> so I'm like, all right. So they start, and I realize they're not. I was like, oh, they're going to perform for each other, 
Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, yeah. But then it's like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do our bits. We're going to workshop. So the one guy comes up, he starts his bit and goes, so yeah, I had uh, this idea. I had this story. Yes. So he tells this long ass story about how he's on a comedy show where you bring up the person following you. There's no MC. It's just they go one through whatever and the list and you're. If you're after me, I get the light and then I bring you up. So mm-hmm. I'm like, and up next sounds for So he's like, so I don't know how this is going to be, but here's the joke that I want to do. So he goes into this long ass story about his set and how he brings up the next comedian and he screws his name up because his name was Dennis Dukes. <laughs> okay. And he, instead of saying Dennis Dukes, Dukey Dennis, said David Duke. Oh, jeez. Nice. And the reason it was cringeworthy funny is because the comedian was black. Oh, boy. So they, he's like, then the next thing I want to do is like, it's Wh- as how if- old Was this comedian 52? <laughs> he's probably like 22. Why? What a- what a, like because if he if that if he's saying that really happened or this is a premise he's coming up with? No, he wants to turn this actual event into a gag. So because that, nobody like, in his audience setup. knows, gives a fuck, or knows who David Duke yeah, is. No, and I was like, whatever. So I'm like, right. this already is fucking boring. No, no one knows who David Duke is. People do, but but I know what you he's mean. like yeah, David yeah. Duke, famous <laughs> KKK Grand Dragon. It's almost as if. I was supposed to bring up Jerry Seinfeld, and I said, up next, Adolf Hitler. Oh, wow. This guy. You know, and I'm just and I'm just like, God damn it. So then, of course, the other comedians are, um, well, they're just like analytically picking this apart. And I was like, you guys could do this at a bar or at your house. I respect There's no that. reason. I, I respect like that's something if you have a if you're not in running with a pack of comic wolves that are just trying to ice each other as i've seen before no, like if you're in a good like with i'm thinking of like us with greg and anthony and stuff and like uh like getting to run bits by each other and like giving tags i'm not saying i ever gave them tags but like just collaboration that's the best but for god's sakes if you do it on stage in front of oh oh that makes me ill you don't need or you didn't need the microphone anyway so i'm just like yeah Ugh. so he goes into the next thing and he's like so the next idea i have is I just found out my dog needs Xanax. Same guy, by the way, workshopping? Same guy. And he was like, so I don't really know what. And he's like, they're coming up. He's trying to work the premise. And other people in the room are like, well, then maybe you could. I can't even remember the, like, is it because he's depressed? You know, maybe he needs a new bone. Like, just like. It's because he has to listen to your goddamn babble. (laughs) So everybody kind of in the room is throwing out ideas. And I was like, oh, I, uh, excuse me, may I? And I was like, you could do the whole, you could go the uh, Norm MacDonald route. And I could, you you could do. uh, So my dog, I have to give my dog Xanax. I guess this means I need to stop molesting my dog. (laughs) <laughs> how did that go to which he and all the comedians just turned and looked at me and just went yeah that's something you could do <laughs> i was like i'm out of here 
Hang him oh. up, old man. No, that's actually a good bit. You should. St- I want you on stage next week, doing this guy's jokes. Pa- Just bit thiefing him. Oh my god! Let me work on something. Let me write a, a classic David Duke bit, classic dogs annex <laughs> yeah. bit, and you fill five minutes while this guy watches and it's just like, whether it's funny or not, it just that's has my to stuff. Be. Oh. That's my stuff. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. He oh, also that... has another joke about doing a bath bomb, in which it's kind of like taking a bath in jizz. Like the f- scented bath bomb? I don't know. It's just this long joke where he's like, I'm embarrassed. I got a bath bomb and I wanted to do it, but I have roommates. So I throw it in and it fizzes and it kind of just looks like jizz. So it's oh. a long, goofy joke about bath bombs. And I'm like, oh, God, bath bombs? I thought he was taking it to like a spicy place, which is this is your closer now, where it's like he's equating like sitting in a tub with bath bombs, like sitting, like being a gay guy sitting in a tub of jizz and (laughs) rinse it. That's where it's going. Putting it all over himself and being so gay. It's like I'm in jazz. God. (laughs) I just, you're just, you're obviously we'd never, because we're just too nice, but like, can you imagine if that were going on at the creek? If somebody got up, or just like a few friends were like, eh, nobody's mm-hmm. really here, just some comics. We'll just workshop. And in the back, standing in the back are uh, Norman and Sean Patton, Mike Racine. Like, can you imagine if somebody, God. like, if they just started workshop? row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Holy God. Shit. Oh. Just a night because we, I considered those guys friends, and they would. I don't. I never think we got heckled on stage, but if they came on after a bad sketch, they weren't shy. Oh, about they. It. Oh no, they bust our balls. <laughs> oh my god! And and as much as uh, like, uh, luckily able to eventually brush it off. But right, I just remember. Um, I can't think. Uh, why I don't know why I can't think of his name. Nick doesn't matter. A comic got up. Uh, after a sketch that went horribly wrong, actually went one time right for us, but it was a sketch where Justy basically did like a spoken word, and I th- we mm-hmm. thought the spoken word was really funny. So what I did is I created by hand like thirty. It, I want to say it was like three feet by ten feet, or three feet by ten feet, three feet by two. F- no, that's huge. Large poster board images mm-hmm. drawn out, colored in by hand, and and it fell apart. Like I was holding these large array of poster boards. And so like I tried to pull one away because they went with what Justy was saying and put it to the ground. And like the second two of them would go at once. So then mm-hmm. I didn't have yeah. the next image to correlate with what he was saying. And then continued, and then I dropped two more, and then they're too heavy, and then he got too fast. It went horrendous. I remember who it was because it is the one comedian everybody would be like, oh, that guy's going to kill you. He's going to like burn you alive. Right. Because it was Anthony Jeselnik. No, 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 no. It wasn't. This was a different time? that Because I remember that one time. You guys did some yes. stuff on that set, and he closed, and he just came up, and he was speechless. <laughs> he was 
speechless. I got, like, I, he could not have. He was like, you could see in his eyes. He's like, I, I'm a real I'm comedian. To find something to insult these guys. I just <laughs> can't. I just there's. It just is the weirdest thing that went so wrong. There's nothing I can do. And 10 years later, as soon as you said that, because I was talking about it, I'm talking about a different time. I already wanted to dis- distance myself. I want to say, no, no, that was Justy's bit. And I, he needed somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, that went wrong. But, but he did it like in a way, like he was like, I don't know what the fuck that was. Uh, you're welcome that a real comics on stage. Here we go. So he did that. And then afterwards, um, our friend Melissa actually introduced him to us. Justy probably still wearing. Because Justy was basically. Lady wig. Yeah, he was playing an old lady at a laundromat. And couldn't have been a nicer guy. Super nice. Oh, yeah. Um, this other person, uh, um, he got up after this sketch went horrible. And already, so we, when you know when a sketch goes so bad, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, yeah. you just feel so dejected. And he just got up. And we it couldn't be avoided because all of these um, images that I drew were all over the stage, scattered because like it just went so. Oh my just god! Like, yeah, I remember that now. He was it like, was like a. Yeah, it, this went so awry. He's like, I don't. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. And then he picked up, rightfully so, which is why I was so dejected. He was like, "Guys, you have to understand. Look at this. Each one of these took minimum." 45 minutes and there's close to a hundred of them up here for that, for what you just saw. And I'm sitting back there listening and he's so right on the money. And I was just like, so dejected from it. And again, these are friends. And I was at, by the end, like Mm -hmm. just brush it off. I don't think I actually forgave him for like four years, (laughs) but, um, but like, can you imagine Going up there and workshopping that sketch, and just—it's like throwing them to the wolves. Which is why you're, which is where I was going. You're too nice of a guy to just, to just go. Yeah, yeah, David Duke, um, your mother, you're gay. Yeah, <laughs> just no. I think there's something too. Like you can't, you can tell bad jokes, but you had the cojones to just tell them, write it down, and get on stage and do it. Yeah. Like so, even even like you were saying, like even if you're like, God, that was terrible, and you put a lot of time into it, but but you had the balls to put it up on its feet. That's what. Like you're... so, I can't imagine like someone sitting in on a writing like a riff session. I remember because that's horrifying to me. Yeah, I remember. It's I'm glad you mentioned it that way because that's what. If you just go up and do your bit and you're surrounded by a bunch of comics, especially comics that you know, especially in an open mic setting, believe me, they're going to go up to you afterwards when you're talking about it and they'll say, that was good. What about this? That's that's the, that's what happens. That's the community. I remember mm-hmm. – um, I don't want to throw names out, but there's one comic when the – there was for a while the open mic at the creek. There was two of them, but I got I, – it's it was an open mic, but it was like a sign up. So you're talking about big sick. Kumail would get up. Yeah. Mark Norman would get up. He's like up. the fifteen of the best comedians working now. Right. Were there just doing the open mic. Yeah, so that's not it was awesome. It was awesome. And then you'd get up, I get up, 
and it would be yeah. obviously night and day. But I'll tell you, the person I'm thinking of, he, he he sat in the back, and I was like, "What is he a joke thief?" No, he wrote down anything he thought was funny from any comic, and he would go have a conversation with them. I couldn't believe, and which is why he's like one of the comics comics today. And he would just go and have the conversation, not because because yes, he gave them like mm-hmm. uh, like a tag or like a suggestion, but they'd also almost always come back with something for him, make super good connection. It was like just the perfect way mm-hmm. to wheel and deal. It was just sure, I was, it was like, like, and you just knew you just knew like somebody that did that at an open mic at the creek daily. Yeah. Like all right, they're they're no, and it's like it. An easy way to like just get to know people because it's just a bunch of antisocial weirdos, right? You know, the one thing you have in common is telling jokes. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great shorthand to start a conversation. Then you're like, oh, we happen to like the same music and the same stuff, or even not. Just like that guy's a really great comic. Boom, that's it. That's where you leave it. That's cool. That's interesting. I never even. I totally. So let's see. Let me workshop a bit for you. Tony Clan. Tony Clan <laughs> with a K. So maybe that maybe that that can be in the that I'm just looking at my list. I have Tony Clan written down. I don't know what that means, but it might be it might be a good tag for the David Duke bit. Um, let's see. Pizza party at the gym. Great. Oh, bagel day two. <laughs> That's fat fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. But you got it. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's funny. Like, not when you, Hans Frywald, do it on stage. But, like, if you create, like, that's, like, when you say it with that voice, like, if it's a caricature. Right. I think that's, that's why that fantastic. That's why I think we had a workshopping thing when I had my original notebook and you were just like, Nope, there's nothing to workshop, just get up and read your notebook. Uh shrunken pants happening all at once. Tighten the thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Not gonna like college football. Oh, this is just a classic bit. I don't think we ever got into it. I need to work on this story. Stuffing my underwear with a sheet to soak up the bedwetting. Lead into the list that serial killers engage in. (laughs) (laughs) That's the next, that's the bit. I'm going to come back with that baby fully fleshed out. That's the thing about it. Like, you know, like that's what's hard about it is like, do you write like a ba-dump bump bump joke or do you tell a weird story that you know like it that's the like that's why they're artists because they're able to like carve out what cut the fat out of the it was do you watch that show crashing i haven't or pete holmes show um i don't think it's a spoiler but this was a good line so the last episode so i'm up to date so i guess if you're listening and you want a spoiler but it's 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 not that kind of show but basically pete holmes has been barking at this place called the boston which is a classic like oi comedy club right and he yeah. runs into remember the lucas brothers or you know the lucas brothers oh the twins twins yeah 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 um yeah. also premier comics today on on that open mic crazy uh not that crazy um anyways pete's like 
he runs into him. He's like, hey, I love you guys. I'm barking for the Boston across the street. I can get you in. You can just get on stage and do a set. They're like, well, we're not going to do a set in there. He's like, what do you mean? It's a comedy club. He's like, we don't do that kind of comedy clubs. It's, this is a bit ham-handed the way they do it. They're like, no, we just do the alt comedy scene. He's like, what does that mean? Like Pete Holmes doesn't know what that means. Mm-hmm. And they, this is the line I like. There's like, basically in our opinion, there's two types of comics. There's the comics that called people fag in high school and the comics that got called fag in high school. Which are you? And I was like, that's what we're talking about. That's like the yeah. like the bust your balls kind of comics at like the seller versus like the alt comedy, which is interesting. When you get into it, they go to mm-hmm. invite them up at Rafifi. And they Holy recreated shit. the stage at Rafifi. It's weird. What? Yeah. So the whole room is exactly the same. It's Eugene and Bobby Tisdale on stage doing bits they did at Rafifi. You see the velvet curtain. Like it's it's identical. That's what people talk. So I didn't know the Boston, but that's what comics, comics, comics are talking about. The That they recreate. It used to be a club in New York called the Boston. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't exist. Even the building doesn't exist. And they recreated it. And all these comics are like. It's spooky how eerie it is wow. seeing that. Anyways, I just I like mean, that'd that be line. Spook- spooky for me or you probably to walk around the, the stage, the sound stage that was the Rafifi creation. What's weird about the Rafifi thing is it was so perfect is uh, you you can watch the people on stage. They're Eugene, they're doing the bit and then the camera cuts and it's like their perspective from off stage and all i could think about is as you're leaving this is in, it's getting getting weirdly inside if you walk out of the the stage area towards the bar remember right when you walk out the door to the left is like a side bar where the bartenders got back uh, would come in and out and we yes, yes, yes. had created a good enough status or weirdness status that we could hang out there and nobody else could because they knew we were going to do all their shit jobs at the end of the night and clean up their floor. So they're like, all right. These yokels are going to spit mop for us. Yeah, we were the jizz moppers. And they, like, because that's the area where they're like, get out of, you know, waitresses need to get back and forth. But we were, it was right by that shitty bathroom. We were just cornered enough. We're like, they're out of the way. They, I think they just went came short of leaving the cheap bottle of Certix whiskey with us and a can of Coke. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, all we got to do is keep these guys. Pl- <laughs> oh God. No, there are actually three type of comedians. The ones who <laughs> called people fag, the ones who got called fag, and then the weird homeschooled kids with homemade jeans. <laughs> I'm Terry. I'm Terry. What was his name? Not ducks. What was it? Crucifix. Oh, you're you're crappy comedian. You're uh, Tony. Tony Clan. I don't know why Clan was so hard to remember. Tony Klukes. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Episode seventy-eight, dudes. It's in the book. I'm running on no sleep. Too much side hacking. Too much judging. Uh, judgy, judgy. You get in those judgmental phases, and then you judge your judgment. Um, thanks for listening, guys. If you like the pod, just go back and listen to other episodes. Everyone's a different. Everyone is a the same. A spicy. Um, let's see what else is going on. You can check out our other podcast on on Apple, Google Play. It's Have a Good Night Court. 
we watch an episode of Night Court, and we try and talk about it. Emphasis on try. There is no try. Only do. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy. I shouldn't be driving people around later today, but I'm gonna. Um, what else? None. There's none else. Hey, 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 ho, ho, ladies and gentlemen, all right, put a hand together, put it, if you'd please, just put those paws together, <laughs> for your next comedian, Mr. Alan Franks. Hey, 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 ho, 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 hey, hey, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Great, great crowd, great crowd. Anyways, um... So I figure I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be workshopping some stuff for you here. Hey, you know, you know, uh, you know, I never even really understood that term, uh, workshop. Is it work? Or am I shopping? Like, am I a guy working or like a shopping girl? Right, working guy or shopping girl or maybe shopping gay? <laughs> I mean, gay guy. Uh, right. Uh, like maybe a like a uh, maybe like a, a, a gay guy meets a working stiff. And gets married in California. Good. Uh, good luck getting that cake made. Trump's America. Am I right? <coughs> right. Nothing. Right. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, this is good. This is good. Uh, I was uh, emceeing doing. I was emceeing a comedy set the other night. Right. And uh, wouldn't you know it, <laughs> my black buddy Kevin. Uh, my black friend was up next and, and sure enough, sure enough, I go to introduce Kevin and I, and his name's Kevin Dukes. Right. And I'm like, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, hello, <laughs> please welcome David Duke, <coughs> David Duke. Anybody, anybody, uh, do you know, uh, well, let me just say, uh, David Duke, he's not okay. K K. <laughs> I mean, it's um. Anyways, I'm like, geez, uh, uh boy, uh, I just racisted my good colored friend. <laughs> uh, it's person of color. Right, right. Um, that'd be like if my Chinese buddy Sheila Potts came up and I said, "Paul, welcome, Paul Pot." Uh. And I'm like, whoa, pole, not with a 10-foot one, buddy. <laughs> Am I right? He's not Chinese. No, I know he's not. No, he's not. I'm being a ham Bodian. <laughs> Anyways, I, no, it's like if I introduced a, introduced a Sylvester Stallone as uh, Mr. Joseph Stalin. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I thought I, I boxed Russians, not erased them from existence. I'm like, uh, <laughs> right? It'd be like, uh, it wouldn't be like shouting, Adrian! But like when I do it, I'd be like, oh no, I made a mistake again! <laughs> uh, with the introduction. You suck! You know, it's workshopping. Uh, did I do my workshop? Uh, anyways, who here has dogs? Guys, who's got dogs? We Everybody's got dogs. Everybody here has dogs. Wait, wait. You know what? Let me rephrase it. Who here likes drugs? <laughs> drugs, man. Yeah. 
oh man, everybody likes dogs, everybody likes drugs. By the way, I gave my dog drugs once. And he was like, now that I'm high, where the bitch is at? <laughs> and I'm like, yo dog, you need to mellow out. Take some of this doggy Xanax. And he'd be like, and I'd be like, and then I, after like a minute, he'd be like, and I'm like, damn, I need to get a pup scription for that shit. Get off the stage. All right, that was rough. That was rough. <laughs> rough, rough. Anyways, uh, hey, that wasn't bad. Um, right. Uh, uh, guys, I feel like I'm bombing up here. But at least that's better than bath bombing, am I right? It's like, excuse me, sir, can I get a, can I get more jizz in here? <laughs> right, uh, right, can I get more jizz in my bath <laughs> with the bath bomb? It's like uh, bath bomb feels more jizzy than a music club in New Orleans French Quarter. Hey, can you toot that horn? Play that jizz a little more, Miles Gavis? <laughs> no. You suck! No, nothing. All right, all right. I mean, I can't get out of here with that. So let me let me go with my let me go with some old material. It's closer. You get my uh, boom. Get my old uh, remember nine eleven. It was always happening, so I called it the crappening. Remember nine eleven. That's my life. All right. I'll see you guys later. Thanks so much. My name's Frank and Al. Al Franks. Alan Franks. <laughs> <laughs>